Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Outspoken with White and Jordan. 100% engagement. It's a total disrespect. Download, stand well back, listen. Jim White and Simon Jordan. I don't see that view. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Hello and thanks for downloading Outspoken, the podcast that brings you the very best of our daily Talk Sports show. Simon and I were joined by Arsenal Invincible Martin Keown as Manchester City overcame the final hurdle and got their hands on a much sought-after European Cup whilst completing that historic treble. City did it. At the 13th attempt, Manchester City have finally a European Cup to their name and they completed this historic treble. Pep has said a lot over the weekend, but he told us all what it means to, to him. This year, it was written in the stars, so this, this year Manchester City must win. And of course, win Bayern Munich, Real Madrid and Inter de Milan is because we deserve it. It's an honour for me, an honour for me to be alongside Sir Alex Ferguson in that, in that situation. I have to say I got a, a message from him this morning in my phone that touched me a lot. So it is an honour for me to be with him in this, in this place. It's so nice. It's so nice. Saturday's final was their 44th win in their 60th competitive game of the 2022-2023 season. And, and Martin, I think... It's a classy your, touch, by the way, wasn't it, Sir Alex Ferguson? Contacting him on the day of the game, hoping, wishing him well, obviously. Yeah, for sure. Um, for sure. He's part of that illustrious group. And you now. think they might not even be at their peak yet? No, I, I don't. And I, I, when he was at the uh, LMA, he wasn't able to come, was he? Of course, because he had bigger things in front of him, two FA Cups to win, which he's both he's won both. He said, look, guys, I'll, thank you for voting for me, but make one thing certain, I'll be back next season to, to, to defend this. He, Jim, is... It feels to me, OK, five and six, but they're just at, it feels like just at the beginning of something. He'll, he'll take stock, he'll recharge his batteries, but when you look at the, the guys who were sitting on the bench, you look at Alvarez, a World Cup winner, didn't even get to the pitch, Jim. We didn't start with Walker in the game. Yeah. You know, that would raise a few eyebrows. So there's some there's guys that are just maturing. Rodri didn't play in the last Champions League final. That had been hurting. Used that, didn't he, to really good effect. These players are all on a learning curve. And there's there's we're only halfway through the journey. I think there's a whole lot more to come. Um, he can't win trebles every year. 
he's already said, look, I'm a good manager, but I'm not, I'm not an, I'm not a genius. I can't do that every year, Jim. I think he was interestingly reflecting on saying that his defence was the improvement in winning this particular Champions League. They rode the luck a little bit. Inter Milan, we know they were stubborn. They were good at what they did. They pressed high, made it really difficult. Um, finals are difficult things to affairs, Jim. It, it's an ordeal. It can be an ordeal, but now it's the greatest night of their life. I mean, we, uh, the questions like these always emerge at a time like this, Simon. But has he cemented his legacy as the greatest coach of the modern era or, or, or of all time? Well, when you're comparing, you know, it's always this thing that we've got to compare with yeah. what they've done in the past. Yeah. And I think it's very difficult to do so because the circumstances and the scenarios are very different. You know, this win record of 44 out of 60 is actually less than he's achieved in previous seasons with teams like Bayern Munich. He's got a 76% win record at Bayern Munich. Um, so we're in a territory of, you know, every three games, every four games they play and they win three of them. Um, and it's... Look, I, I think that Man City are a phenomenal side and it was nailed on that they were better than the teams who were playing this year. It's incumbent upon the other sides to get better. If Arsenal had been able to stay the course and not given away points, then Man City would not necessarily have won this league. So when you've got Liverpool's currently in a slight uh, uh, decline, when you've got the uh, the Chelsea's of the world nowhere near it, the Tottenham's of the world a little bit of a farce and hopefully they'll get themselves together, when you get those sides back to their best, then they might provide more of a competition to Man City if Arsenal had done their job, and it's easy for me to say, but I'm not the person that was entrusted with doing that job, but they had control of their own destiny. They gave that... Nothing Man City did to, to take that destiny away from Arsenal. It's what Arsenal did to themselves. And that might well be because they haven't got a big enough squad, a strong enough squad. They didn't have replacements natu uh, naturally for Saliba. They didn't have enough goals in the side to be able to overcome that particular obstacle. Yeah, this was the one, Simon, wasn't it? On Saturday, this was must-win, and they did. What, for Manchester City? This has changed the landscape now for Manchester City for all time. Why? It's now, what can... Because this was the one, this was the one that until they did it, big questions would be asked. Well, now no longer. The question being asked is just how massive can they become? But, They're huge but now. But my question is, is, yeah. that, is how, much, how much are the opposition going to allow that to happen? Because the opposition can control their own destiny. If every side win all their games as far as they play one another, then there'll be a, a, a dogfight. It doesn't happen that way. If Arsenal had won the games that they had in the moment when they had them, Manchester City wouldn't have won this league. So again, it's about Manchester City being the best side in the league over the course of the 38 games, being the best side in the FA Cup and being the best side you know, in another you, you, comp yeah, competition. Yeah, I mean, just in terms of competition, I mean, it's interesting because I don't want to lay claim to um, the successes of the, the previous treble, which was 99, Manchester United. But mm. I'm, I'm pretty certain that domestic rivalry brings out the best in you and makes you go to another level. Now, Man City were somewhat behind Arsenal, looked like Arsenal were just incredible in the league. And it fell away for Arsenal, but in a way, maybe it got Man City to change gear, got Pep to get even better, got him to look at playing Stones in a midfield role, which he wasn't playing, was he, before the World Cup? After the World Cup, everything yeah, changed. Yeah, oh yeah, changed. So they, they kind yeah. of slid into another gear, and you do, have to, you do have to have that domestic rivalry. I think Liverpool have fallen away a little bit in recent times. I think, I think actually maybe what Manchester United did to compare with Arsenal having won the double just the year before, maybe it was even more of an achievement for Manchester United because domestically it was more difficult then. And there were, and just two years, three years later, Jim, we won another double. So they were in and around a team that was really pushing them on their own doorstep, Manchester United. Whereas Man City, once Arsenal fell over, it was pretty easy for them to do what they do. But I do feel this is just at the beginning. This is at the beginning of what they have. When I look at the quality of their squad, and you know he's going to buy again. 
and he's gonna. He knows he's looking over his shoulder. He's got that bang. It's in the cabinet. Oh, yeah. it's, it's in it's, the cabinet. It's Off for the rest go. to try and catch them. Oh, absolutely. I mean, no that, doubt about that's it. That's basically where it's down to. No now. doubt about They've it. Set such a pace. But this, time, but this time last year, we were talking about Liverpool doing a quadruple. And the world turns quickly. True. And the changes can be, you know, all of a sudden De Bruyne gets injured at the beginning of the season, you've lost a key component. Things yeah. can change. Yeah. But they are absolutely, undeniably, the best side in the world football, the side to chase. But then it becomes about what are the op- what are you prepared to do as opposition to yeah. bridge that gap? 100% engagement. Outspoken with White and Jordan. They won. They nailed that ghost to rest uh, on Saturday night. They won the Champions League by a single goal to nil against uh, Inter Milan. Uh, Martin Keown alongside Simon this morning. Martin, on the footballing front, what do you think of Inter on Saturday night? I thought it did really well. Really well. Um, I, I thought uh, Zeka up front was a little... I think uh, Lukaku really should have started, Jim. If you look at the, since the semi-final, Zeka hadn't really played too much. I think they were protecting him. I'm not sure there was an injury. He went down with cramp, didn't he, after an hour. Lukaku looked... Uh, I know he had a couple of really good opportunities, which he, I mean, he must be still in pain watching it back because he had great opportunities to, to score goals. Um, but I like the way their tactics, the way that they pressed their midfield, Barella in midfield, the distances they were covering, Jim, was rid- ridiculous. Brozovic in there, uh, their two wing backs locked on, aggressive, made it really difficult for City. Yeah. Um, and in the end, I think uh, they showed a lot of character, City, to, to get what they needed. Uh, Rodri with that really clever goal that he gets Foden should have put it away outside really shouldn't he what a wonderful turn he went on and he couldn't slot it home so no they were worthy winners Jim and Winning Kevin De Bruyne pulling up is that a result of too much football we'll get to that later on this morning well quite possibly I mean the hamstring is he's, he's been trying to nurse it Yeah, you'd have had you know the night and day they've been working on that but it's not good news that he's pulled that um, hopefully Jim it doesn't require a surgery and they can they can attend to it but um, the start of next season is looming already Simon um, the elephant in the room and it remains and I said going into the break even with five hours of live television coverage of the final may, maybe not unsurprisingly I don't know because it was at the final itself and it was all about football and how they were going to win it, if they could win it, and they did win it. The 115 charges uh, of FFP breaches, not mentioned once. Not mentioned once. Should the broadcasters be criticised for that time? Was it the time to mention it? Was it the time to talk about it? Not really. I mean, you're, you're commenting on a live football match. Why would you be then commenting on other aspects of Manchester City? This is about a game, an individual game in front of you. I think it's a little bit poor form to want to do that and unless they're going to discuss it in detail and understand what they're discussing what they're going to say this is a side being bought, built uh, on on alleged inappropriacy this discussion is being had elsewhere the charges have been brought against Man City it's for them to answer them and certain segments of other fan bases will turn around and constantly use it as a stick and even if they manage to exonerate themselves which they won't um, then there will still be a section of the fa- of other teams fan bases that will constantly say that they got away with something um, as and, they, and you're just saying they won't be able to exonerate well, themselves. I don't think they'll be able to exonerate themselves because I think it's a very difficult set of charges that they've got to overcome because some of it is based upon a subjective view of what sponsorship level should represent. Um, I think in 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 the period of 2018 to 2022, I think there's little doubt that Man City are a different operation in terms of their ability to be able to spend within their means to meet their financial obligations and to do it in a fashion which is slightly different than maybe they've done it previously. So I think the side that now exists is side built upon a legitimate platform. I think there is an element of illegitimacy about the, the, the genesis of Manchester City, and it's been clearly proven, and Man City fans can get as upset as they want, 
But people of great influence don't take 60 million euro fines because it's an easier thing to do. They might then that 60 million euro fine gets turned into 20 million for good behaviour. You know the idea that there is a witch hunt. If you don't say something, if you say something that's not positive about a football club, then you have an agenda against them. Nobody, I'm not jealous of Man City. I don't care about Man City. I think they're a great football team. My allegiance is with Crystal Palace. Mm. And I don't care that Man City are doing better than Crystal Palace. I just want it to be a level playing field in terms of the fairness. If you've got a five or six hundred million pound turnover and you can spend 350 million pound on wages, that's fine. But if you are increasing the opportunity to overcome the rules and game it a little bit, then I think there should be consequences. And those consequences shouldn't be able to be, be gotten around with because you've got immense wealth. That means you can kick lawyers into operation that can tie people up in knots and you're quite happy to say you're going to do that and play the longer game and play the game that so Simon where, where are get, we in, you, get, you get deal fatigue regarding in answering to these these charges where are we now in that in that process if you can well, where we are is the same place that, that, that we've been in for some time which is they've been charged there's a process to go through and Manchester City are lining up their ducks they, they're making observations about members of the panel and going through a process that enables them to to take their time to get to a certain point. It's upon the Premier League to suggest that the time frames are this. But when you've got legal construct and the ability to use the best lawyers around, you can find an opportunity, even in the most severe and punitive of court systems, to find yourself in a space where you can delay. Yeah. What the delay achieves, what it does, it gives you deal fatigue, it takes things into different areas, it takes you into, into a different mindset, there's a war of attrition going on. If Manchester City... And the Man City fans will say, well, why should we have to answer this? We haven't done anything wrong, so who are you that we have to answer to? Well, who they are is the governance of the game. So with that in mind, if you've got this irrefutable... They're the ones that have said it. It's not me putting words into other people's mouths. They have said we've got irrefutable evidence to be able to counteract all of these charges. Well, why don't we have that irrefutable evidence clear and transparent so that everyone knows that the irrefutability... of Everyone can go, oh, well, we'd like it to have been so... And those that have got fan bases that are in other football clubs that want to ridicule them would like it to have been so. Yeah. But it can't be. I, I believe that they have trouble with that. That's the reasons why you don't ever get to see it. And that's why the Court of Arbitration Sport was wheeled in, gave them another £11 million, pound, another 11, 11 million euro fine for lack of cooperation. And those things don't bode well. But of course, if you're sitting in Manchester City's camp, it's a witch hunt, there's an agenda, everybody's against you, and we've done nothing wrong. Oh, that's right. And that will go on and on and on until we get some kind of a conclusion to it. Um, and one, the number 115 was trending for that very reason on Saturday night. Other questions being asked this morning, though. Why the heck did UEFA decide to stage it where they staged it? The Ataturk Stadium, 17 kilometres outside of Istanbul. So it, it's emerged taxi drivers, apparently, were charging 130 quid for a normal fare or a fare that normally would be £10 from Istanbul to the stadium. Queues of two hours reported to get on uh, official UEFA shuttle buses, which started leaving the city centre nine hours before the match was due to start. The whole thing sounded uh, a bit of uh, a mess from start to finish. And I'm keen to hear from Manchester City fans this morning who uh, paid witness to that. 03717 Ian's a City fan. Ian, good morning. Euphoric that the travel has been one jubilant, no doubt. But were you caught up in this? Were you out there? Morning, Jim. Yeah, yeah, we were. I was out there with my son for, you know, what will be an unforgettable experience. But unfortunately, sadly tainted by the, oh my God, the shocking, shocking organisation of what went on getting to and from the ground. Give us an idea of it, Ian. 
I mean, just just starting off with the fan zone, which was predominantly City fans, 75% of the people that were there were probably City fans trying to get on a coach to go. Nobody was talking English. I couldn't speak to anybody who was going to let us know where we were going to get on the coach and go. We got on the coach. It's a two-hour journey to travel 15 miles. But that, I mean, that was just the start of it, Jim. When we get in the ground, an hour and a half to be able to purchase a, a piece of food, two burgers, uh, um, a cup of coke and some popcorn, forty-four euros. Oh, the, lovely. Uh, the, mer- the merchandise stands were just sold out of everything. Yeah, I, I couldn't get anything I wanted. And then coming out at the end, well, I mean, that, some of the stories I heard were, were unbelievable. There were people there trying to push their disabled friends, relatives, on what was just like a shale with no lighting. I, I almost feel embarrassed because it, on a normal event, I would have stopped and tried to help. But you were just you were just desperate to try to save yourself. Yeah. At one point, Jim, we contemplated me and my son walking back 15 miles. It was that bad. Jeez. Um, oh. yeah. How long did it take you in to get back to your accommodation after the game? We, we got back to our hotel at, at 4:30 in the morning, so we probably left the ground about one in the morning. We we travelled 500 yards in an hour at one point. It, the only way I can describe it is like it was like an arrowhead probably you know 10 lanes of traffic trying to get into one it was just unbelievable crazy ian we'll ask questions of uefa about this thanks so much for your call here's uh here is nicola another manchester city fan nicola good morning to you morning how are you very good thank you congratulations wonderful to be a manchester city fan i'm sure this morning were you out there did you get caught up in this yeah 100% so i travelled with my husband and my 11 year old son Um, We went Friday and Saturday we decided to get to the fan zone early. Um, It took us luckily about half an hour to get on the shuttle bus, but two hours to get to the stadium, no air conditioning, no water. Um, It was absolutely ludicrous. And then I think the main thing for us was coming back. We got on the shuttle bus about one o'clock in the morning, um, an hour just to get out of the um, the car park. My son desperately needed the toilet. The driver refused to open the door to let him go. He had to hold on to it for three hours until we got back. And we actually got dumped somewhere. The doors just opened. We had no idea where we were. It isn't, wasn't even the fan zone. We then had to get a cab back to our hotel. We didn't get back until 4.30 in the morning. And we oh, had to be up no. at six to get to the airport. I mean, my son had what? an hour and a half sleep in over 24 hours. I mean, it really was shambolic. And when you got into the um, the stadium, you know, there were two kiosks selling food and drink. It was an hour and a half queue just to get some water. I mean, I, I, I've never been anywhere like it before. It, it, I mean, it really was absolutely shambolic. Sounds a total nightmare, Nicola. Listen, thank you for that. I mean, Simon... UEFA have got to be questioned about this, have they not? They're in the dock for this. They they put it to this stadium, the Ataturk, from start yeah. to finish, the wrong decision, clearly. Yeah, I mean, again, um, they've chosen a stadium they chose in 2005. Right. Um, I don't remember complaints at the time uh, to the level that we've got now, but now that people are saying that oh, it was the same in 2005, but um, we, we didn't hear that at the time. Maybe I do we wonder, just weren't listening, maybe, I, to those I do, fans. Maybe, 
Maybe that's maybe that's what it is, Martin. Maybe no one listens to the football fans, and they deliberately pick stadiums to make it as difficult for people as they possibly well, can. Well, something's wrong here, though. Well, clearly, or maybe, or well, maybe, or maybe there's. Well, I don't know. I don't know if they keep doing it because if we're talking about uh, how many European Cup finals are we talking about, and how many times have we heard this? Well, is this is this yeah. a recent phenomenon? Is it based upon people's expectance and tolerance, or is it really based upon? Based no, it's upon, a mess. I mean, Paris last year was an absolute mess. Well, Obviously, no, but, but, that, was much but worse. that was for different reasons. The Europa League final, I was at in Seville. Rangers fans wanted water. They couldn't get water. But, they were only offered okay. beer. Curiously, okay, they well, didn't let, me want a, that. let me ask you a question. Do you believe that UEFA fundamentally are going to go and stuck up the water cannons? Or the water. I believe coolers. UEFA should get the the location of the stadium right and should have the fans in mind when they do that. But but we're assuming on the basis. Nicholas' of that, story there stands okay, alone we did, for you, me. You, you just brought France into the equation, then you brought yeah. Seville into the equation, yeah. right? And they're different scenarios. What we've got here is a scenario where people are are people are profiting, which you can't do nothing about. Cab, cab drivers it surely can't be UEFA's responsibility to be able to organise cab drivers and what they will and won't charge. The logistics of getting the football stadiums can be a nightmare. I can remember whether whether you agree with this or not, I can remember coming out of Qatar spending 45 minutes trying to find our bloody car in a car park because it was so difficult to find. Well, you get in a right mood about that. Well, we, that. We, we all did, right? And the bottom no, line is, did. but the bottom line is, I can remember coming into the stadiums and ultimately spending 45 minutes to get into a stadium and we were in a, in a VIP section. Yeah. So I understand that. Now, going to football stadiums, I'm not suggesting this is right, <laughs> but I'm looking at it going, there is now a, a narrative being created that, and I'm no, no campaigner for UEFA, by the way, that everything that goes wrong inside a football stadium in a tournament that's organised by UEFA is inherently their responsibility. The fact that people aren't stuck stocking the stalls of merchandise, the fact that people are profiting, profiteering inside football stadia at the price point. And, you well, know, who, else, you... who else organises that? So you, you're looking at basic provisions here, aren't you? You're looking at travel, inadequacy of travel. You're talking well, you're about shuffle at, you're, buses. You're, that you're looking at infrastructure. There's no air con. You're talking about a, children being there as well. You with treat cattle better you're, you're, than yeah, you treat these supporters. You're looking yeah. at infrastructure. So, again, you're looking at the cost. How long does it take to get people into stadiums? What are the timelines to do it? Again, if you're going to choose a stadium that's been chosen before, I didn't hear and haven't heard any massive objection from anybody suggesting that their experiences... You wouldn't hear from other other people that were at the 2005 final that this was an awful experience. Well, there's, we're, there's, we're there's, there's Chelsea and Manchester United fans saying in 2008 it was just as bad. Uh, the Luzhniki Stadium in Moscow, four-hour trip to and from it. I mean, they don't learn, Simon. Clearly, they don't learn. But is this not just... And a, when it, they make the decision to put the, the final in such and such a location... But is this not just an infrastructure issue around these sort of events that we've got certain countries that can absolutely do it, certain countries that have an embarrassment of riches around infrastructure that get you into football stadiums far more effectively and certain countries that are slightly more challenged. I can remember going to Baden-Baden and still finding it in, a Germ in Germany and during the European Championships and finding it difficult to get to the stadium, taking two or three hours in the traffic because the sheer volume of people wanting to get somewhere and the nature of the structure wasn't prepared to be able to embrace the uh, the, uh, the, uh, the demand. I'm not making a case. I'm just trying to get balance in the conversation. Does UEFA have to take more of a hand on these majors? I mean, you think about what happened in the Euros in England, didn't you? When but, but again, the, what but we again, saw before the game again, there. That's a different discussion. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. 
like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Download, stand well back, listen. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Is it true Chief Executive Michael Nicholson and Finance Director Chris Mackay flew by private jet, no less, to Mallorca, where Brendan Rodgers owns a home? They were over there on Saturday, apparently, Simon. Maybe Brendan coming back to Celtic. Can you see that? Would that be a good move for Celtic? <coughs> for Peter Lull and the people at the top of the football club, if this is true? Um, I always find it strange there's a necessity for these things to find their way in the public domain at this stage. Mm. So whoever's put it there has a reason for putting it there. Um, I am... Um, Brendan Rodgers did a great job at Celtic um, and in recent times hasn't done a great job depends what Brendan Rodgers you're getting um, for him if he goes back to Celtic I'm not sure where that says what it says about where his career's going with due respect to Celtic yeah of course I mean, um, the, the, but Celtic the, will get a capable manager I'm not one. sure Jim I'm not sure he'll go back there <clears throat> because what he achieved I mean he, he was quite remo- I mean it was incredible what he achieved and he actually did do it overall uh, Leicester did a good job. He wouldn't have wanted to put him into the championship, which was what happened ultimately. But fifth place twice and an FA Cup win was, for the, in their history, Jim, was, is quite remarkable to win the FA Cup. Of course, they won the Premier League not so long ago. Um, but I don't see him going back. I think it's flattering for him that they should turn up in numbers to see him like that. But probably he's looking forward to come back to the Premier League. You see, there's there's one of a few. Um... Well, you don't just surely to Christ. If you don't want a job, you don't need someone to get on a private jet and come and fly over to see you. You'd say. No, thank you. I don't want the job, so don't bother getting on a jet. Well, there's one of a few messages from some Celtic fans coming in on, on this very topic. This Peter, some people have short memories here. Player revolt, tedious football, European humiliation, and a man declaring his love while working his ticket out of the club. I mean, some Celtic fans, they didn't like the way he left, no, Simon. They the, liked the, the way he arrived, but timing, they didn't like the, the I way he I, left. I, mean, I, I would be surprised if that was a route that either party wanted to go down. Because if you've got this background noise that Celtic fans are disillusioned with him or disappointed with the way he left, and then you've got a situation where Brendan Rodgers... Because obviously, when we're judging people that run football stadiums, they must be judged by their last event. When we're judging football managers, we must go back three years and remember they won the FA Cup. He was responsible, in part, for this team getting relegated. So the most important thing to remember about Brendan Rodgers right now is his current version. Now, whether that's good enough for Celtic, whether Celtic want to bring it back into the equation, I would be surprised. I don't think it's a fit that works. I would be surprised. I would be surprised and, and I, did, as well. I thought we'd heard it being ruled out last week. But I, again, if these guys have got on a private jet, I mean, no one is that narcissistic that they want someone to get on a private jet to fly over to their house so they can tell them what they could have already told them on a phone to their face. Come and convince me. Come and tell me face to face. 
it might be more difficult to say to or easier for him to say brendan to say no face to face it may be that you don't know it's relentless maybe they keep on asking for him so he said okay let's talk let's talk come over let's sit with our feet in the sand and have a chat could on the be. beach okay, could be I mean sure uh, that's what happened who knows but at the end of the day Martin I'm not entirely sure it'd be the most um, no I agree with that popular I think decision. he'd be looking for something else um, because he's a very ambitious manager um, and, and, and there was a time we felt maybe he was going to leave Leicester himself. We were talking about all the players leaving there. There was, there was, there's a lot went wrong at Leicester. They're trying their eagerness to try to hold on to too many of their players. I think Tillemans has now just gone to Villa this weekend. Another one. So many players' contracts are allowed to run out. Uh, Brendan was looking for change, and it, and they didn't have the financial resources to support him at that point. So he was wrong in actually making that claim that he wanted to make wholesale changes when the club weren't able to support him. It went very wrong for them. No one expected them to get relegated. No, no one indeed. I mean, you were on the other day, Simon, with Darren McAntony. There's a man who goes back and back and back for the same fella in Darren Ferguson. Yeah. It's been done before in football. I'm not sure you did it in your time at Palace, but it's been done before in football. And certainly, if you're looking for somebody to get a hold of things and keep the Celtic momentum going, Brendan would be your man. He knows Possibly. the club inside out. I mean, the Darren McAntony example is a very strange one because he sits in the studio telling us that Darren Ferguson doesn't want to manage in the Championship. Yet in the same breath tells us that Darren Ferguson will get you out of the out of League One. And where does that leave you constantly? Trying to get out of League One with no ambitions to be there with a manager that doesn't want to manage in the championship for you or in that particular incarnation. So it's a strange one. I don't think there's a benefit more often than not to going back. I think there's a need to move on. And the reasons often the reasons why you let someone go will still be the reasons. Now people can change and people can learn from their experiences and people can evolve. But they tend to evolve by going into different environments. If they go back into the same environment, then they'll go back into the same sort of mode of operation unless that environment has dramatically changed. Yeah. And that would mean a new owner. We left a group behind, Brendan, a very good environment, didn't he? Neil Lennon came in to finish off the job. So he's going, he's going back into a pretty well a situation he left. I just feel that maybe he, there are other things that on, on the radar for him. Maybe he... Does he want that? Does he want to... It'll be interesting to see what is on offer for him because I don't, I don't think on the basis of the last 12 months he'll be much sought after commodity amongst the higher echelon of Premier League football clubs. There was an argument that perhaps he could have been talked to about, about Tottenham in regards to Tottenham. I don't think that was ever a starter. I don't think he's going to get a look at Arsenal anytime soon. So we're, where are we talking about? We're talking about at very, very best for Brendan Rodgers a sideways move from what Leicester were, not what he helped turn them into. Yeah, yeah, you think Brendan will have his sights set, Martin, and would be right to have his sights set on a Premier League return? Well, maybe he goes abroad. Maybe he looks further afield. Maybe he wants to equip himself with more knowledge, um, more growth, develop a little bit, and come back maybe later on to the Championship or the Premier League. But I, I've, at the moment, he's probably, he's probably still hurting Jim and coming to terms with what happened. He's a proud man, isn't he? He's been successful until this point. Um, and he wants to work away, uh, find a solution. But I think eventually he'll recharge his brushes. And be, I mean, Casper Schmeichel was saying, um, although he, he pretty well got rid of him out of the club, and I was kind of against that, I felt he was like pulling the plug out of the bath when Casper Schmeichel was allowed to leave. And you could see the leadership qualities that he had when he was on Sky, but he said, one of the best managers I've ever worked with. He didn't say that lightly. And I'm pretty well sure he's a good judge. So we'll see him again, Jim. You're he's rolling your gone. eyes that Brendan's pride is taking a knock. Still, and it's yeah, still hurting. I, I, I think um, I think it was a mutual consent situation. I think they both looked at one another. I think Brendan Rodgers didn't fancy it anymore. They didn't fancy Brendan Rodgers as a result of him not fancying it. So they all decided not to fancy it together. Um, and of course, football is one of those spaces where they have brass necks. They'll come back and do an, another job in another space. 
But I, I just think that Brendan Rodgers, um, going back to Celtic, would create more challenges than it would create solutions because the fan base would have to be overcome. They've got a good galvanised fan base. They're very disappointed to lose their manager. Just put them all together, won things. Of course, the winning of things always makes people happier and makes people diminish the, the uh, maybe the, the journey to get there. But I would be surprised. Economically, it doesn't seem to be a fit in terms of the salary that he would demand and command. The where where he thinks he should be managing because he went to Scotland to come back to the Premier League, obviously because that's what he did. Of course. So then it's a very strange dynamic to say, I tell you what, I'll skulk back to Scotland with my tail between my legs to give myself another opportunity to come back to the league that I actually want to manage him. Welcome to the Coliseum of Confrontation, outspoken with White and Jordan. Be very interested to get your take on this, guys, because Simon, we have now heard from Ivan Tony, the Brentford striker, of course, who has had a great season. On the football pitch, fantastic season was a big part of why Brentford enjoyed the success in the Premier League that they've enjoyed. Um, the Brentford striker banned, having said all that, from all football activity until January of next year and fined 50 grand last month after admitting 232 breaches of the FA's betting rules over a four-year period. Uh, news of the investigation into Tony's historical betting surfaced uh, on the eve of Southgate naming his England squad for the 2022 World Cup in Qatar. And of course, Tony was admitted from that squad in November. The FA's uh, chief executive, Mark Bulliam, insisted at the time the striker had not been chosen for sporting reasons. So it was other reasons. So Ivan Tony has spoken for the first time. He's broken his silence on the football plan. Um, he's been speaking on the Kick Game YouTube channel. Let's get a flavour of what he's saying. And, of course, basically, he's having a gripe here that this all get into the public domain because it shouldn't have got into the public domain at that particular time. Listen to this. Certain things, people try and break people down, in it? Like, yeah. From how it come out just before the England count, Obviously, missing out on the World Cup, like, that would have been the biggest dream for me to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, in a way, it's kind of like, get out now so you don't go to England. Yeah, yeah, and then all of a sudden, they want to wait until the end of the season to do the kind of things. But yeah. listen, it is what it is. If they wanted to do it that way, and you call it, I call it a bit spiteful, but mm. it is what it is. But you just got to get on with it. But yeah, I feel like that was a bigger punishment. Even, even though I'm missing eight, eight months of football, but I yeah. feel like that was a bigger punishment. Missing out on the World Cup, everybody's yeah. dream. Yeah. To actually missing that eight months of football. I believe myself and I hopefully can be at the next one. So that that's part of his gripe, Simon. That missing out in the World Cup, the timing of this, and he calls it spiteful. Um, where do you stand on this? Because the lack of contrition here comes over to me. That no, hang on, hang on. I want to hear I want to hear more from Ivan. As to once he's on this topic, he didn't do this uh, this interview with the Kick Game YouTube channel and this discussion specifically, obviously on uh, on the betting ban. But there was more to do with how well he's played in the season, and he has. But shouldn't be we shouldn't we be hearing a different tone from Ivan Tony? Well, the panel heard a different tone, I suspect, because that's what got him out from probably a much far more significant ban. The fan heard uh, the panel heard after telling them some untruths. He decided to tell them the truth, to acknowledge the issues, and ultimately to talk to them potentially about his addiction. All in all, which resulted in a far different situation in terms of the ban that he could have got. Now, do we then think that once he's got his ban, that he needs to go on and be contrite? Well, there's a case for it, because ultimately, if we want Ivan Tony to be 
um, the poster boy for people not to do the wrong things, then that would be perfect for that agenda. If he wants to talk about people being spiteful and the leak of it, well, leaks happen all the time. They're not ideal. Of course. But by whom and who's being spiteful? The main thing that got Ivan Tony into the problems that he has is Ivan Tony and the decisions that he made over a sustained period of his career. I am an Ivan Tony admirer. I am someone that wants to see him operating at the highest level. I was a major advocate for him being in the England squad. Gav, you know, Gav Southgate has come out and spoken about the challenges that he believes exist for Ivan Tony as a result of the ban and how he believes he should it should be handled differently. And then he actually got some information after that, which t- told him the actual length and breadth of the things that Ivan had done. Yeah. I would think that the least Ivan Tony says about this, the better it will be. Because I think the... For his own good. Well, I think so. If you're not going to accept the fact that you are absolutely complicit in your own behaviour... He's still hurting, though, isn't he? But he, and he has to take responsibility for what he's done, though, Jim. Because he's breaking those betting law rules. And, if you, and the thing is, also, he's been betting on games that he's been playing in. And effectively, how that works is, obviously, if he wins the game, then he gets a win bonus. And he, pro- he profits from that. I yeah. don't know what the win bonus is these days. It could be between 500 to 1,000. Um, it's, it's an amount that's paid to each player if they win. There's a, there's a draw bonus, a win bonus. He, maybe he's betting on, uh, he's spreading that bet by betting on the team he's playing against. Because if he doesn't win the game, he still wins financially. But Martin, all this and missing out the World Cup. Well, and, he's, and, and he's saying the timing of it and the way, the, the, the way it came out and when it came out Meant that he missed out in the World Cup. Yes, well, that's that something new. Spiteful. That's something new because obviously we thought it was down to his, the, the, the quality of his play, and now we're being led to believe it wasn't. But that that's was something alleged, that needs ironing out, time, wasn't it? Yeah, it was alleged at the time. Yeah, um, it was already. This was something that was already in the public domain that suggesting that the reasons why he wasn't picked for the World Cup was because of the situation surrounding the challenges the FA may have. So that would mean that Gareth Southgate has no, because you like all these people to have so much authority has no authority about who he picks um, and has no control over the playing squad. Actually, Mark Bullingham picks the England players and the FA picked the England players and nothing to do with the fact that Ivan Tony may not have been meeting the expectation that Gareth, Gareth did had. pick him before and after and the World Cup him. squads, didn't he? He picked him before the World he Cup. He did, didn't, didn't pick him, didn't pick him in the World Cup, but then subsequently he's booked him before. Yeah, he's, but we're he not actually, talking about that, are we? We're but, talking about his attitude towards the World Cup squad, so let's focus on what we're talking about. He picked him before the World Cup and we all had a moan about what was the purpose of putting Ivan Tony in the squad when you didn't even give him a run out. And then he didn't pick him for the England squad. So Ivan Tony is now conflating that and turning that into an argument that's based upon the fact that somehow... He is the victim of his own behaviour. Well, that's right. Which adds well, to, to, to to your assertion, Simon, that it should maybe economise and words at this particular time. Well, I think time. if he's not if he's if he's not going to follow the required narrative that certain segments of the media will, will want, right? Which is that ultimately he needs to apologise unreservedly for this, and he needs to be a shining example. And and I, and I do think a very clever argument that Darren McAntony put forward the other day was a, which was a fine or a sanction based upon what he was prepared to put back into society. So give him a two-year ban and reduce it to eight months if he's prepared to go and speak to schools and go and speak to... Uh, How do you feel on just being <clears throat> banished in terms of he's not allowed to train, he's not allowed to work, be anywhere near his colleagues? How do you feel about that? Um, I don't have a view on it either way. I think that if you want people to take things seriously, then you need to take serious decisions with them. And as a tendency in football... There isn't a tendency for people to take their responsibilities particularly seriously at times and they get away with things because they're good players. Now, I don't know whether it's right or wrong to banish him, whether it should have just been 
the fact that he cannot play football and ultimately he can continue to train. Now, we all know he can go across to the far, 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 far flung corners of the globe and get the best trainers to work with him because he's got fortunes of money to be able yeah, to do but it. For his mental health, though, this age of mental health as it is, I don't th- do you think there's any real well, again, benefit? Again, do you think there's any real benefit again, in him not being again, able to be around if you want to play the college? mental health card, if you want to, in, in order to have character in life and integrity, you have to accept Sometimes it's you, not a card, is it? Well, let me, let, me explain, let me explain. If you want to advance it as a notion into the player welfare mentality, if you want to build characteristics that, that, that are worth... Uh, having a society which is fortitude and resilience, then one of the things you have to do is accept your shortcomings and your failings. And if that means that ultimately taking the responsibility for your actions and the consequences is you do it in the way that you should, then that leads to the path which gives you character. And that's what real men should be cut from. Let, let's see if we get a different take on Tony's tone, if you like, because he, he does go on further than this one. He was asked if football has to do more to address its relationship with gambling. I feel like it should. I feel like it should. And obviously, like, like for the people out there, they're painting me as this certain picture like, of me, but it's fair enough. They, they can go off what they want to see, but people that know me know how I am and know what, what I'm about. And the fact is, like you said, every like majority of football teams now are sponsored by gambling gambling companies. Yeah. So it's kind of like, <laughs> wait, 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 wait it up. But, it's like a double standard. Yeah, literally. I'm not saying, like, if, the, that's, if that's the rules, don't be betting. Yeah, you shouldn't be betting, but for people that need help, yeah. there should be more around that to stop them from leading towards that direction or, yeah. or whatever. But when the time's right, I'll speak out on majority of things and clear a few things up. You know, for people who, who need help, stop them going in that direction, Martin. So is he categorising himself as one of them, as he should be doing? I think he's going into dangerous ground, and I think he's, you can tell there's still a bit in this around him and it feels obviously that he's called all of his character into question because of this slip up that he's made with his betting I think he needs to take he needs to take the, the medicine that he's now having to take and um, come back stronger fitter quicker better and uh, Jim if you were to take the goals out of the I mean this is interesting with the FA the timing of, of why they waited to the end of the season being cynical in all of this I don't know where they Some wanted. I didn't know why they wanted to keep him available for an England selection. But why wasn't it dealt with far sooner? But if they'd have lost those twenty goals, probably this because season, his lawyers were arguing it. Well, if okay, just well, for one minute, if we, if we Some take would those, say, some would say the three month preseason is actually in his favour. And the, that's yeah. an argument, Martin. It, it, it is, and I suppose halfway through a season, you can't really change it if you've played against Ivan Tony and suffered. You know, as Arsenal probably did. So as the well, FA in to, cahoots with Brentford now. No, no I'm just exp- I'm just asking the question: Is why did it, why did we have to wait until pretty well the end of the season, and why did we wait completely to the end of the season? So it was actually the same for everybody else. Okay, Brentford did Be- really well without because him. there's a process that you, when you charge somebody with something, what happens, Martin, mm. is when you charge somebody with something, you normally have to go to court, and it normally takes a passage of time. And if you dispute that, and it's a situation that's not a legal framework, i.e., it's from inside the industry, there'll be a time when you have to follow the process, which is why Man City are able to do it. But when you listen to listen to what he's saying. So by definition, the, the, fact, the fact that there's a gambling sponsor on his shirt is the, is the predominant reason why he's chosen to be gambling. So if I put an IKEA logo on his shirt, I'm assuming he's going to buy all his furniture from IKEA. It's nonsense. Ivan needs to move past the situation where it's somehow other people's fault that it was leaked. I agree. Other people's re- the, the fact there's betting and around the football community is the reasons why he behaved in the way he did. If he wanted to bet, which I don't necessarily think he should have been doing full stop, but if he wanted to bet, he didn't have to bet on what he did. He didn't have to bet on the goals that he would score and the outcomes. He could have bet on a thousand things. He decided, like footballers often do, that the rules don't apply to them, 
They will do precisely what they want. And when the consequence comes, there will be a thousand reasons, a myriad of reasons why someone shouldn't own their own behaviour. Yeah. And tragically, in every other walk of life, you have to own your behaviour. And what Ivan should be best served doing now is getting his head down, because no doubt he'll be on his bike out of Brentford quicker than a quick thing from Quickland uh, when the opportunity comes off to somewhere else to find him, to find the opportunities for him. Yeah, he's, well, he's been a great part of their story, though. Oh, we know that, To reiterate, you take his 20 goals away, they come 15th from the table instead of 9th. This is, he's a top player, by the way. He's a top player, let's let's no not, doubt. Jim, of course, we'd agree on that. People make mistakes. Yeah. People make mistakes, but well, it's how they come back. 232 of them. If you make a mistake once, then you're slightly, you know, it's, it's bad luck. If you make this, it twice, you start to be a fool. This was 2017, 2018. No, I'm no, not no. saying it was, it was and, a long and, and, and while his, ago. And well, fine. He, in, he is in a very Martin young is, man's at life. At the end of his statement, we're, yeah, we're at the end of this interview, but we, what he does say is, when the time is right, I'm going to speak out in the majority of things and clear a few things up. They need to be cleared. That is not now, though, unfortunately. Maybe a few people would suggest to Ivan, maybe not do that at all. Essential download. Outspoken with White and Jordan. Thanks for listening to Outspoken. Don't forget to leave a five-star review and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll be back tomorrow.